Hello, I'm Jeffrey Mishlove, and today I'd like to talk about the space-time matrix. I'm actually very excited about it right now because I've just been reading an unpublished manuscript written by one of the former New Thinking Aloud guests, James P. Driscoll, who incidentally was my college roommate when I was an undergraduate at the University of Wisconsin at Madison back in 1960. Jim is a Shakespeare specialist and a scholar. He's the author of The Unfolding God of Jung and Milton, which uh, to my way of thinking is a brilliant masterpiece. And now he's working on a new book called God in Time. And he has really a unique, innovative idea. And that is, uh, in his way of thinking, God is time. I don't believe anybody else has proposed that idea before, but of course, uh, I'd be happy to learn if that's the case, and I'm sure he would too. I would go a step further. I would say this, God is the space-time matrix. You know, we sometimes say to ourselves, everything exists inside the mind of God. We are inside of God, so to speak. We're like a drop in the ocean. Well, let's take that literally. What are we inside of? We are inside of time, and we are inside of space. And time and space are terms that are never really fully understood or quite to my way of thinking, well-defined in physics. I know we measure space and we measure time with clocks and rulers, but it seems to me the data of parapsychology suggests that our measurements don't begin to deal with the complexity and the vastness of space-time itself. And there's a, a lot to be said, for example, about hyperspace, higher dimensions of space and time that we are now quite capable of mapping out mathematically, as my good friend Saul Paul Sirag has done in the appendix to the 1987 version of my book, The Roots of Consciousness. And in fact, you'll see a link right now to that book. And I'm going to be, if you look at the upper right of your screen, I'm going to link to uh, one of the earlier New Thinking Aloud interviews with Jim Driscoll as well on the Godhead archetype. Jim is the kind of person who likes to think big thoughts, to grapple with big issues like what is the nature of God? How does the nature of God relate to our whole concept of psychology, depth psychology, the psyche, the soul, consciousness? And what does it mean in terms of the great literature of our culture, like Shakespeare? Uh, he's addressed those issues in some earlier interviews, and I expect I'll bring him back for more as he completes his work on God and time. I'm very excited uh, for him and uh, happy to help create a buzz around that book. Now, there are, of course, many definitions of God. Many uh, of our, my viewers will comment, and I have viewers who are devout Christians, and I have viewers who are devout Hindus, and viewers who are devout Muslims, and everybody has a little bit of a different idea of God. I think we can all agree that cultures create ideas of God. 
Now, and philosophers also create ideas of God. Uh, as Jim points out in his manuscript, the uh, great philosopher Alfred North Whitehead likes to distinguish between what he calls actual God, with a capital A <laughs> for actual, and our ideas of God. One would can say, and I think it's pretty much agreed upon by all theologians, that our ideas of God never really quite are capable of grasping the actual God. But some say that God is imminent, that he exists within space and time and intervenes in history, like uh, you might see in the Sistine Chapel, you know, a, a bearded uh, man pointing his finger and awakening life in Adam the first man. Or others say God is transcendent. God exists completely outside of space and time. So what I haven't yet seen very much, or at all, to my knowledge, in theology or in literature or in philosophy, is the idea that God is space and time, that we're so intimately connected with God that space and time is the framework within which everything exists. And if we take it a step further, it's not hard to see that one could argue space and time are consciousness itself in the large sense of consciousness. The consciousness of God is space and time. There's a problem, you know, the pantheists like to say, and it seems logically consistent that it should be the case that Consciousness exists in matter, and yet, no matter how much we study matter, it's very hard to find consciousness in it. You can, there are a few little um, signs of consciousness, signs of choice. My mentor, Arthur M. Young, used to talk about the principle of least action and how even photons would obey that principle as if they had a measure of foresight and a measure of choice. So maybe there's something to that, but in, in fact, it's a profound idea. I don't want to dismiss Arthur Young's thinking uh, about that because uh, perhaps consciousness is embedded in the tiniest, most elusive of particles, the photon, perhaps even the neutrino. The others have argued differently, but perhaps what we don't understand about space and time is that space and time is conscious, the consciousness of God. And when the Advaita Vedantists say, as they do, that Atman, the deepest nature of our own consciousness, is equal to Brahman, the consciousness of the universe. And to some, Brahman is outside of time, transcendent. Only through the power of Shakti does Brahman get to enter into time and express itself that way. But in either case, Shiva, Brahman, uh, are sometimes thought of as equivalent in Shiva Shakti, the male and female principles of the divine, also somehow like yin and yang, part of a greater whole. But the unique philosophical idea that, let us call it Brahman or Shiva or Yahweh or God in any of its forms is, as you might conceive of it, is equal to the space and time within which we are contained. Well, we all have an intimate contact with space and time. 
which would suggest that unbeknownst to many of us, we are intimately involved with God, the actual God, every moment of our lives. It would say a lot, I think, as well in terms of Jungian synchronicities, the, the mysterious way in which events seem to come together at unique moments in time, and psychic phenomena as, as well. How is it that they work that we talk about extrasensory perception, but we have yet to locate any organs of perception for this extrasensory signal, nor any way in which the signal itself is transmitted. But if space and time is conscious, is the divine matrix, one might say, in which we partake of the actual God, that to me offers a whole new vision of things. And, and I'm quite excited about it and really looking forward to seeing James P. Driscoll elaborate these ideas in his forthcoming book, God in Time. So let me leave you with this thought. What is your image of God? Do you accept God uh, in the orthodox way that your, whatever religion you were brought up in has, has taught you to think about God? Or are, are you a rebel with regard to the ideas of God? Are you a, an atheist or a skeptic? Or are you willing to consider God in a whole new light? How, how does that notion that God is time and space, how does that resonate with you? I'll leave you with that thought and thank you for being with me.